Welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology, and the people using it. The Cloud Architects Podcast is sponsored by Kemp Technologies. Choose Kemp to optimize your multi-cloud application deployments and simplify multi-cloud application management. A single pane of glass for application delivery, Kemp provides a 360-degree view of your entire application environment and even third-party ADCs. Download Kemp 360 for free today at kemptechnologies.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects podcast. My name is Nicholas Blank, and I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Goosen. Hello. Today, we have a guest which we featured on the show before, Michael von Hurenbeck. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for appearing again. We are excited that there's something that you are launching fairly soon, and it's a book. So without wanting to spoil too much, why don't you tell us what your book is about and uh, why you've decided to write it? Sure. Um, so the book is called Microsoft 365 Security for IT Professionals. and some of you might recognize that the title um, kind of resembles the Office 365 for IT Professionals book, um, which you know, is done on purpose. Um, a couple of years back, Tony, Paul Cunningham and I, we uh, started a venture, an adventure, I should say, of writing a book which is kept up to date on a monthly basis, uh, the Office 365 for IT Professionals book. Um, the reason why we started that, that uh, journey a couple of years back is because the cloud is moving at lightning speed, updating you know, almost on a daily basis. So trying to create a book which isn't outdated from the day that you publish it um, was an interesting challenge. And I believe I wrote for the book about three, four years, after which you know, work, life got in the way. So I kind of dropped off as, a, as, a, as an author and an, an entire team took over uh, from you know, Paul and me. And uh, you know, there's a whole author team now, um, but still you know, I, I like to write. Um, in the meantime, I also switched uh, over to the security side of things where you know, over the past couple of years, all I've done is security, security, security. And I noticed there wasn't really a, a security book in the same space or following the same model kind of keeping up to date on a monthly basis. And, uh, you know, with the focus from Microsoft on everything, you know, security and compliance, there is a ton of stuff that's changing really like a lot of that. So I figured, you know, let's bring on that challenge. Let's try and write a book and keep it up to date at the same pace. But rather than focusing on the productivity side of things, just focus on the M365 and, you know, by extension, a little bit of Azure security as well. Um, and that's how we got to to the book, which, by the way, we should be releasing you know, very shortly. That's that's super exciting. I think, um, and for a number of reasons, right? I think uh, one, I think that most people, or at least a, a large part of the audience, will understand or know of the Office 365 for IT Pros venture and and the work that you and Tony and everyone have done on that, because it really is the standard as far as. Um, you know, a book of knowledge around Office 365 goes, right? And I, it's something that I, I've given to customers in the past when, when, when I've worked with customers and they've said, hey, where do I go for, for knowledge? Where do I go to learn more about Office 365? What training courses can I go on? I've given them a copy of the book and gone, here you go. Um, actually, hijacked Tony once at, uh, at Ignite and made him sign a whole bunch of USB keys for me. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't pleased. Um, so I think that that same kind of uh, methodology 
is is fantastic because I think one of the things I've found over the the last little while since I've started doing a lot more security focused work as well is sometimes the documentation uh, is not quite where the where the product is um, and so. Uh, all I can say is, you know, hats off and congratulations, but it seems like a mammoth challenge to me to be um, kind of taking that on, keeping that publishing kind of cycle going uh, on something that is that bleeding edge. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you have no idea how much effort that goes into the book. Um, we started writing last year and, you know, the initial effort of writing a chapter is massive, right? But as you're writing the chapter, they keep changing stuff and you're like finding yourself writing a bit bits and pieces and then rewriting it and then writing new bits and pieces and rewriting older stuff that you've written a couple of weeks back. Um, so to get to the point where we're you know ready to release has been a massive undertaking. Uh, but the real challenge starts now updating the book on a monthly basis. Um, if there's one thing that I've learned as um, you know, don't underestimate it. I, I did in the past a little bit where, you know, sometimes I, you know, didn't account for the time to write the chapters, right? Which meant that I had to, you know, do it last minute, which added a lot of burden. Um, so I learned a lot from the earlier process. Um, my respect for Tony for, you know, keeping the book up to date, for keeping everyone in line and for doing the copy editing has just grown tremendously mm. um, because now I'm taking on that role and I'm like, oh God, what did I even start with, right? Um, but at the same time, we're also, you know, uh, trying to get to the point where we want to be that book of knowledge, right? where we want to centralize everything, give that practical guidance. Um, but it's a journey, right? Even version one that we're releasing, we know there's stuff that we sh should get in there over time. Like, um, I'll give you a practical example. Office ATP, right? Due to some, you know, author challenges, you know, people dropping off halfway because they they figured out, hey, that this is too much of a, a of a word for us. Uh, we had to cut that chapter on ver version one. Um, so we're going to add that word as part of the release, you know, in a couple of months' time. But that's a massive chapter, right? Mm -hmm. um, like what our Defender ATP chapter, even without practical deployment guide information, is 120 pages. Uh, on that one, I'm not going to call it a little thing. It's just it's quickly becoming this huge, massive stuff. Uh, and I think we'll learn as we go. Um, but it is it is it is interesting to see at the very least. Yeah, and I think the, the thing is, and we've, we've said it on the show before, and it may even have been on the last episode where we, you know, we call Microsoft the security vendor, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's kind of where they are right now. And and a lot of folks, um, and I'm seeing this firsthand with my recent role change, people don't take Microsoft seriously in the security space yet, or at least a lot of folks don't. Um, but when you're able to look at something like this and go, well, this is how it all ties together. And this small thing that's just, a, just a tiny little endpoint thing is a hundred and something pages worth of documentation. It's really starting to say something. And I think it's going to be a very uh, easy way to quantify the value that uh, the platform brings, right? When you, when you, when you tie all these services together. Yeah. I mean, and there is another interesting tidbit, right? Which you just kind of, you mentioned it, Microsoft's a security vendor. I'm entirely with you, right? There's things they don't do, right? They don't build firewall, they do build Azure firewalls, but don't build physical firewalls and stuff. Um, but they have a whole plethora of options and, and, and solutions that somehow tie in together. They have a vast ecosystem and it's uncovering that ecosystem, which is the interesting part and also the hard part. But at the same time, you know, putting everything together as an author team, we, we're already facing the, you know, where do we put this? In which chapter would this belong? 
uh, or like this feature, it, well, you know, it, it belongs to product X, but it really belongs more to this you know, paradigm. So where do we put it into the book? Um, so what I expect that will happen is over the course of the next couple of months when you know feedback trickles in, when Microsoft you know releases new stuff and God knows what they've got planned for Ignite this year, um, you know, we'll be modifying and updating the book. And that's the, the beauty of, of updating monthly. Right? If something doesn't belong in one chapter, well, we can take it out next month and put it somewhere else where it belongs better or where it feels more natural. Um, but we see that today. Like, honestly, we've had discussions about, you know, Windows information protection. Well, you know, do we create a chapter on Windows 10 security? And if so, well, you know, what about Defender ATP or attack surface reduction or exploit protection? Do we keep it in Defender ATP or do we put it in a Windows 10 protect? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, ongoing discussions yeah. the entire time. Yeah, and I think this is probably this probably is a really good insight into how meetings within the Microsoft marketing department go, right? Because because <laughs> they're constantly they're constantly like they're changing the product names, but also the the product name doesn't always align 100% with the rest of that uh, that platform. So that, yeah, that could this, I could definitely see how that would be a slight you know a slight challenge. Well, and you know, it's it's not just that. It, the book is Microsoft 365 Security for IT Professionals. So you know, obviously, everyone looks at the M365 side of things. Um, but what we've already committed to, and we've started writing, is an Azure Sentinel chapter. Now, Azure Sentinel, you know, it is, and it isn't M365 because it's Azure workload. But yeah. yet, we put it there in the book. So you know, you 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 can see the cross, the bleed between the two worlds. Your productivity and Azure, which is typically infrastructure. Uh, kind of converging and becoming one. So, you know, maybe we should rename the book from the get-go to Microsoft Security for IT Professionals. I don't know. No, that makes sense. I mean, I think where you're at now, I think it it, it it's definitely going to resonate with the, with the way that it's named. And I think immediately when I saw uh, news about the book, it immediately, I was able to put it together and tie it to, you know, the other author team and the work that Tony's doing. Because And, and, and I think that's really valuable because I think um, not only are, is it going to be a natural progression for folks who are in the IT pro space who are now possibly becoming more comfortable with Office 365 and with the M365 workloads and now starting to think a little bit more security focused? So this is a natural progression for them. But this is also a really good entry point for just pure infosec folks who have not played in the Microsoft space before, right? And and there are a lot of people like that. There are a lot of people who come out, out of the Palo Alto, Cisco, et cetera, world, CrowdStrike world who have never really dipped their toe into the, the Microsoft ecosystem. I think this is going to be a really, really good entry point for them to kind of get involved and see what's what's actually going on. Yeah, so, and, and that's that's really important what you mentioned, because um, as you said, there's a whole audience that's familiar with Tony's book, uh, the Office 365 book. And obviously they, you know, after having read the book, you understand the product really well, well, the product, the platform, I should say really well, have certain insights. So the, the jump into the M365 security is more natural. But there is a whole, you know, a whole army of people out there that, you know, are less familiar with Microsoft products as a whole, but they're now, you know, faced with new implementations, new features, you know, Microsoft's everywhere these days. Mm -hmm. So what we try and do is, you know, to keep it accessible, right? Not start up there, but, you know, start slowly and then build up and gradually to the book, uh, which is also one of the reasons why the first chapter is, it's not a really a technical chapter, it's more, you know, okay, so how, how do you approach security? Um, because people that come from a security background, they have this process in mind, they have this you know, thinking hat, like their security mindset. But someone who's coming from the productivity side doesn't necessarily have that, and you kind of have to blend them together to kind of mix and match the both worlds, which in itself, we didn't want to create a 300 page book about process because that's dull. 
everyone you know understands why it's necessary, but it's still dull. So we kind of slimmed it down to about 15, 20 pages to kind of get everyone in that same mindset and then take them on the journey with identity, device management, and so forth and so on. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a pretty pretty important way to kind of approach it, right? And you kind of have to have a mix of those various components. You can't just be all technical or all process because you end up losing out on a bunch of, uh, you know, folks lose out on a bunch of things that they're looking to learn, but also you're not whole at that point. You're not, you know, you can't be complete in your job if you don't understand, you know, little bits of all of those pieces. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Okay. Well, look, oh, Nick, I think Nick might have a question here. Yeah. I wanted to ask Michael, who is the primary audience for this book? Is this an operations person who needs to add security to the landscape? Or is this for a hardcore security person who needs to add Microsoft to their landscape? That's a good question, Nick. I think there is value for both, right? Um, this is for the you know, non, um, well, tech savvy, but non-security savvy uh, IT professional that needs to do something with, with um, something in security, Microsoft 365. I mean, we all know how the sales cycle work, right? The, the, this Microsoft sales guy is there and tells them, hey, here's a great discount on you know, the M365 security bundle. And the company says, yeah, great, let's do this. And then you know, it rolls down the hill to the security teams or the operational teams. And they're like, well, it's the first time that we touch X, Y, or Z. You know, what can we do with it? How do we do it? What's the best practice? What, what are the caveats, right? So some of them may have the actual Office 365 experience, and some of them may be coming from a purely security perspective. Like looking at our company and, and, and the, the, the projects that we do is we've got exactly that happening. Like I've got one project where a customer is migrating from McAfee to Defender ATP, and we're dealing with people that have dealt with McAfee for years. They know the product inside out but they have no knowledge whatsoever of Defender ATP. But, you know, just looking at Defender by itself, you can't because it's part of a whole bigger ecosystem. So it kind of ties in together with that whole M365 stuff. So for them, it's super valuable to have such a resource. But the same is true if you're coming from the other side where, you know, we've come from exchange, like all of us, Mm. all three of us, we're hardcore old school exchange guys. We trickle into security, you know, couple of years back, if a book like that would have existed, I would have surely appreciated that uh, rather than going out and having to figure out everything on my own. Completely right. But just like so many other things in the IT landscape, is there a process that I can follow? And so here I'm kind of picking on from an an IT professional point of view, I could be ITIL aligned from a security professional, I could be MITRE aligned how do I align myself against the knowledge in the book? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I understand what you mean. Um, so this is where the first chapter kind of comes in. Um, I, I mean, there's so many frameworks out there that you could use to actually, you know, build a build a strategy on, on what you're going to do. Personally, I am a NIST cybersecurity framework fan, right, with the different phases, but there's organizations that adhere to whole other standards that have built their own standards. Um, in my opinion, and you know, maybe some people will be fringe at what I'm going to say, but you know, I don't care which framework you, you use, as long as you use a framework, you have a plan, it works for you, I'm happy, right? Um, so that's also what we try to explain in that first chapter. Um, I, I do mention Mitra, I do mention ISO, I do mention PCI DSS, I do mention um, uh, NIST cybersecurity framework. I, I explain to the people, you know, these are the frameworks to look at. These are the highlights of these frameworks. Now go out and you know, figure out what ha- what's important to you. Obviously, if you're a financial institute, PCI DSS will come up really quickly. 
Um, and, and even there, we try and you know, give some practical examples. Like there is this huge mapping sheet between all the different frameworks that tells you, you know, the controls in this framework equal the controls in that framework. Um, so we refer to that to that sheet to tell them, you know, if you're already compliant with this, but you want to look at the other one, just use that sheet to do the mapping so that you don't do the work twice. Um, but at the same time, we don't want this to become a book on how to use the frameworks. There's plenty of books out there that explain these frameworks into details. You, you could go on a, you know, a certification on one, you know, one framework itself. So we wanted to explain why they're there and why it's important, but we didn't want to go into the detail of, you know, this is how each of them work. I think that seems, uh, that sounds like a really, really good approach, honestly. And I, uh, I, for one, can't actually wait to, uh, to get my hands on this so that I could actually have a have a look at that because I think that's definitely something that I've found um, particularly challenging kind of entering into this this world is is the fact that everyone has a framework that they look up to and that is super important to them but the, the relationship between them and that I think is that's a super important kind of uh, introductory step for sure. Mm -hmm. I agree yeah uh, facing the same challenges right we're moving into ISO certification 20 27001 for our own company Oh my gosh, it's like there's a whole avalanche of stuff coming to you and you're like, really? So yeah, yeah no, it's, it's again, trying to be practical. I think there's, we could write a hundred pages about one of the things, but we deliberately kept it, you know, short and sweet, I'd say. Yeah, I think that it sounds like it, right? And so the question I had for you was, I mean, there's so much as far as security functionality goes within within the service, right? But I think there's a lot of organizations that still have this mentality that we've given our, we give Microsoft our, our monthly subscription money and we've put our data in their service. Why do we have to worry about the security functionality of this, right? Shouldn't Microsoft be taking care of all of the security functionality for us? Why are we having to care about this? I mean, are you coming across that in, in Europe as well? Is that something that um, you've seen? Yeah, um, I mean, less and less, to be honest, because people are getting more and more used to the cloud model where, you know, there is a segregation of duties where, you know, infrastructure, sure, that's Microsoft's word, like physical security, sure, let them take care of that. But, you know, the layer that you build on top of that, solutions that you build on top of that, you know, people are starting to understand that that's your responsibility. Now, there's still a whole, there's a long way to go, right? There are still a lot of companies that, that try and figure out, but why do we need X, Y, Z? But you know the the the, re the reality is is that whatever you see um, today these days in the news, there is breaches you know far and few in between. Right? Every day there is a breach, there is a leak, there is something. I think you know gradually people will understand. All right, we need to do this. Like you need to lock your door. Um, a couple of hundred years back, no one locked their doors. There were no locks, right? The doors were open. Well, today, go out and find a house where there is no lock. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's. Pretty much the same. Yeah, I think that that, that makes sense. I think um, enable multi-factor, everyone. If you haven't done it, MFA. Uh, <laughs> it's just my 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 PSA for the day. I, I you know we got to make sure to call that out in every episode, just because it's such an important thing. You know, we, we see. I, although I think the last couple of weeks have been uh, very much taken up by uh, F5 and their vulnerability that uh, everyone seems to be bypassing or whatever. But um, definitely a lot of the, the the things that we are seeing are. Uh, could easily be have been mitigated by just MFA, right? But uh, companies, I think, are just folks are not being educated, um, and and they're not kind of taking that active decision to to go, hey, let's see how we can continually improve this. This is not, yeah, the cloud is not set and forget, right? It doesn't matter what any vendor tells you. You can't just go and 
throw your data at, at a service, pay them and, and, and forget about it. Like there has to be a continuous improvement model that, you know, you've got to be looking at where the threats can come from because at the end of the day, the bad actors continue to evolve as well, right? And you can't, oh, yeah. you can't just go, okay, well, this is the assumed knowledge that everyone has and we're, we're, gonna, we're safe. Yeah, you might be safe today. That doesn't mean you're safe tomorrow, right? So I think the, this whole thing with F5 has really kind of shown um, a lot of folks that, uh, you know, a lot of organizations that are slower to move to the cloud um, and stay, are staying on-prem because security, right, are now the ones that are being targeted by this, you know, <laughs> this thing in their security, like their their legacy infrastructure, if you will, right? So this is a very, very interesting thing to be kind of paying attention to. But I think we mentioned it in the book, a little spoiler there, but it's about 68% of all breaches in the cloud originate on-premises, like 68%. Mm. Um, you know, that's a, that's, that's a large number. Um, and again, you know, attackers or people with ill intent, they'll always take the path of least resistance. If it's easier to get into your cloud through your on-prem environment, they'll do that, right? Mm. Um, and, and this is just true. I mean, when a pen test happens, you, you should know, right? Kodalski does these pen tests, right? Whenever a pen test happens, I've rarely seen them go after Azure AD first. They're like, okay, mm. let's try and get into the device. And we're into Active Directory, and then some lateral account movement, and bam, we've got your domain. Mm. And then from there, it's easy to get back back up into the cloud. Um, mm. You know, that's where the challenges lie. So the people that are full traditionally on premises, they have a lot of work to be done there. A lot more than you know, lowering your attack surface in the cloud. But at the same time, it's very different, right? The things that you have to deal with on prem, they're not they're not the same as as in the cloud. Um, which is also you know, one of the messages that we're trying to get across is like, it, it is changing. Sure, device is a device, uh, that doesn't change. But you know, cloud platform, cloud applications, they, they operate in a very different way. They are security in a they're very different way and therefore have different security measures or how to approach that. Right? Mm. Yeah, and, and it, I mean, even getting down to managing those that infrastructure, right? The way that you typically would do that on-premises versus the way that you're possibly doing it today, it's it's very different um, in the way that you approach it. So it's kind of like I think the message really is that you have to be able to adapt to the way that you know the the new modern way of doing things, and you can't be stuck in the old world for too long, right? Otherwise, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna lag behind. So um, oh, yeah. that's so so we've talked we've talked about a lot about the the book, and and honestly, I personally can't wait to get a, uh, my hands on a copy here. Can you give us some information about where, when, how? Um, all of that? Sure. Uh, so I'm uh, not sure when the podcast is going to be released, but uh, our target is to release July 13th. Uh, I've got a full weekend of copy editing, building the book, and you know, getting the PDF ready. Um, we've got a website up, so the m365securitybook.com, where you can get uh, to the book files, or actually to the government platform through which we're selling the book, which is the same platform as, as the Office 365 for IT Pros book. Um, so Monday 13th, uh, the book will be available. Obviously, we'll make a big splash on LinkedIn, Twitter, the website itself. We'll make it known, and then hopefully people will find their way uh, to the book itself as well. Okay. And would you are you going to be releasing on Amazon as well? or? No, that's okay. a deliberate choice we, we've made. And actually, uh, I'm leaning on Tony's experience of building the book for Amazon. Uh, there's a couple of things, like the, the amount of effort going into building that book or the EPUB and mm. making sure that's in, in Amazon, that's one thing. Secondly, Amazon doesn't support monthly updates. Uh, right. Gumroad is easy because it's just changing the PDF, like mm. version one to version two and off you go, right? Nothing yeah. else changes. 
Uh, and because of that, um, I didn't want to take on more work. Plus, um, you know, supporting the authors, supporting the, the marketing, the hosting, everything for the book costs money. Um, Amazon, you know, takes a 70% cut on the book. Wow. Uh, which, you know, it's great because you reach a bigger audience. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just think that the effort you put into it and the, the gains that you get from it and the gains that people get from it are too little to justify using Amazon as a platform. I think that makes sense. I mean, you know, personally, I've I've always used the Gum the Gumroad platform because I prefer just having the PDF copy of the book. Right? Uh, it's more portable for me. I know others disagree with that because they want to use Kindle and whatnot. Um, I you know, it's not my preferred me method of of reading. So I you know, it is what it is. But I, yeah, it makes I think that makes sense, and I think it's good just good to get the message out there to folks. Like, there's one platform that's where where you can go and get it, and that's also where you get your your updates, right? Because remind me how the subscription model works again. So you you buy an edition of the book and you get all updates that are part of that edition, correct? Yes, yes, correct. So there is a yearly cycle. Um, we're starting July this year, um, which is coincidentally called the 2026 or you know, 2020-06 edition. But anyway, so the 2020 edition runs up until June next year. You buy the book, you get all the updates that year. Uh, and you know we are committing not just to updates of the chapters, but this year we're also committing to uh, an, a practical guidance chapter on MDATP, on an Azure Sentinel chapter and an Office ATP chapter. So with the book, you know you'll you'll be getting that. Uh, and then up until June, you'll get updates. Um, sometime next year, um, March-ish timeframe, we'll start thinking or building the new book, which means new edition, 2021 edition. We may, you know, do a complete overhaul. We may add more chapters into that. It really depends on how everything you know moves along. I mean, we all know that Microsoft's doing you know, shifting in, in in that space as well with the uh, acquisition of uh, CyberX in the OT space. So we're closely monitoring that, and then based on that, we'll build a new book, new edition, and from there on, people who bought the first book um, can get the new one at a discount. Um, you know, kind of. You know, appreciate their your their loyalty to the book, and then they get updates for a year as well. So there is no monthly fee; it's just a one-off, and then you'll get the updates for a year. Yeah, fantastic. And I think what's what's great about that, and certainly, you know, the way that I've um, approached this with with the the other book is that uh, the book is so large now; it's gotten so big that it's a it's a fantastic reference. And realistically, you. I, you know, I don't read through the whole thing every time I get it now. I just like I, I read the new chapters when I get the new chapters, but I know I have this kind of referenceable thing in my in my tool bag, if, if you will, right, where I can rip it out. And, um, you know, remember back in the day when we had the uh, exchange administrator's uh, pocket tool, tool guide? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, well, at the same time, though, I'm I'm really keen on, on making sure we don't bloat the book because it's so easy to go over, you know, a certain amount of pages. Uh, right now, we're not at, I think we're at five, six hundred pages, uh, which is, you know, sizable by itself. Um, but once you go over that, like, it, it becomes that huge chunk and people start, you know, not reading certain chapters, right? Mm. Um, or they, they start being selective, which is, which is fine, right? But I really want to keep it, you know, concise so that it is digestible um you know obviously some things just take room like the hundred and so many pages we have on defender adp it's just because we need that much right mm. we, we honestly we couldn't have done it with less maybe we could have done 90 pages and you know cut some redundancy here and there but at the end of the day you need what you need and um my goal is to to keep it you know sizable but you know we'll see you know talk to me in a year and maybe i'll, I'll be at six seven hundred pages i don't know 
Yeah, no, I mean, look, fair enough. And I think the thing is, um, given your experience in the industry and given your experience learning things, I think you have a fairly good idea of what it takes to be able to get that message out there in a way that is going to be useful to someone without mm-hmm. it being too bloated or too kind of, you know, um, too wordy. Uh, but also, you know, where it's some, sometimes where it's just not enough, right? Unfortunately, uh, the internet is full of blog posts that tackle a particular topic, but really just scratch, not even scratch the surface. Basically, they just kind of give you a little bit of interest, you know, and, and you need to, like to everyone who has a blog's credit, that's great. But but sometimes sometimes you need to dig one level deeper, right? And I, mm-hmm. and I think the what's great about uh, the your history with um, with the other book, also uh, your your history as a you know blog author and speaker and stuff is I think that you have that balance. You know how to find that balance. Um, and so yeah, really looking forward to what you and the team have kind of come up with here. Um, I can't wait to get uh, get my hands on a copy. You, you, you'll get a copy from me, but only if you give feedback, because this is, you know, one of the messages that we're going to push really hard. Um, to me, that book is a collaborative effort, right? Mm. Yes, the author team has written something, but we can only improve, make it better and make it, you know, more suitable if people use the feedback, right? They, they email us and tell us we like it or, hey, you know, we're missing this bit and piece so that we, you know, maybe we haven't thought about it or maybe mm-hmm. we didn't prioritize it in the same way that people are asking for. Um, call it a user voice. If a hundred people mail us and tell us we really need this piece of information and we as authors, we, you know, didn't prioritize it as high, we might just shift it up a priority and just add it into the book because there is demand for it, right? So um, I'm really keen to see how that's gonna work. I know that Tony's getting tons of feedback uh, through his feedback channels on the book, you know, even you know to correct things that's wrong because you know yeah. every, everyone can make mistakes. Of course. Um, like our tech tech reviewer, he's done an amazing job, but you know he's he's going haywire through all the chapters, all the updates that we're firing at him, all the things that he needs to test. I mean, um, we're we're doing our utter best to make sure that it's you know without any you know spelling errors, grammar errors. But mm. uh, even me as a copy editor, I'm not not even native English speaker, so you know. Things will slip, but we'll we're cutting on that feedback. And I was actually just going to touch on that point, right? Is I'm I'm always amazed by um, the fact that, and I've read some of your works before, where I've you know we've done I've done you know we've done work for the same uh, vendor, writing vendor or whatever, and we've kind of reviewed each other's stuff. And I, I I'm always amazed that as someone who's not even uh, an English first language uh, speaker, the level at which you manage to crank out this this awesome work right so you know kudos to that and and i think this is something that everyone needs to also understand is that um the team and and, and correct me if i'm wrong and i and i'd actually like you to introduce the team that you, you know that you're working with because i actually don't know everyone personally um like i know you but you guys are all based in europe right no not not really so we've got amar and ahmed or uh, both also mvps um do a lot of work in the security space they're based out of the um, uh, United uh, Arab Emirates. Um, they're, you know, uh, or actually, I think Amar moved to Dubai um, right now. Um, so they're based out of there. I've got a couple of folks in, in the Netherlands. Um, I've got Tess, who, you know, coincidentally works for me um, as well. And, you know, it, it just so happened that when I started reaching out to folks that they were the first to respond and said, yeah, sure, um, we want to do that. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's been, it's been helpful because, you know, less time zone issues, it's only a couple of hours apart. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, um, reaching out to the folks for the office ATP chapter, uh, I think we might actually cross and jump over to, to, uh, to the U S to onboard someone else. 
But uh, as far as the team goes, so we've got Amar and Ahmed who are doing the MDATB chapter. We've got uh, Peter who's doing Intune and Identity. Uh, we've got Thomas who's focusing on um, information protection, which, you know, coincidentally, you could say it is more a compliance feature rather than security feature, but as you said, it kind of belongs to it. Um, it next to building the book and the, the copy editing, I'm doing MCAS, doing the introduction and also doing some work here and there in the other chapters. And then Tess is uh, doing the, the all all up review. Oh, okay. And I think what's great about having like an international team like that is everyone has their potentially slightly different market. So there's going to be slightly different uh, point of view and slightly different experience coming into it and blending that all together. I think that's really powerful too. It's incredibly useful. Like in the talks that we've had, the discussions that we've had, I've learned so much like insights from from Amar on certain things and how to approach it, even, you know, marketing the book, but also structuring the book. We've, we've had another meeting last week where we were just talking, you know, like brainstorming and all of a sudden everyone was like, yeah, wow, that's a great idea. Just mm. by having that interaction. And that's, you know, it's a learning process for, for each and every one of us. And, you know, it's, 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 it's fun. So, yeah. Wow. That's uh, super exciting. Honestly, I think, uh, I can't. Uh, I can't wait. Like I said, and 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 it's really the timing on this is absolutely perfect. Like you couldn't have picked a better, uh, you know, a better time for it. So um, I think with that, I mean, look, just uh, kind of keeping uh, keeping an eye on the on the clock here. I know we've all got uh, other things to get to. Um, Nick, I just wanted to just to check in that you're still breathing, buddy. Um, I, uh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, I've taken over. Um, but uh, if Michael, the questions weren't so good, I'd, I'd throw in some more, but you're doing great. <laughs> uh, Michael, before we let you go, um, as we always kind of do when we when we kind of, you know, tie off the end of the show, uh, how do you want to be found? Can uh, Obviously, it'd be great if you wanted to give out the URL for the book again. Um, how do people find you on social media if you want to be found? But I, I know you have a fairly, fairly active uh, social profile, so... Um, Go ahead. Well, not, not as active as I used to be just because I'm writing the book. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, on Twitter, I'm at Van Hybrid. I think that's the easiest way to get a hold of me uh, because my last name, you know, don't even try to pronounce it in English. Um, so at Van Hybrid, from there, you've got the URL, you'll have the book title, you'll see my blog post. Obviously, I, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but has my full back name and Van Hornbeek. Um, but through the Twitter, you'll easily find me. I've got my own blog at vanhybrid.com, so you can get to it there, or the, the book website, m365securitybook.com as well, but I'll share it with you so that you can post it with the, the recording as well. Yeah, thank you. I think we'll, we'll definitely make sure to put all of these in the, uh, in the show notes for the, for the episode as well so that we can kind of get that out there. But um, look, thanks okay. again for, for taking the time to speak to us. This is a super exciting uh, uh, sort of announcement, I guess, and we're really pleased that you came on to talk to us about that. And uh, I know it's afternoon time for you in Europe, but I'm sure you've still got a few things to get on with for the day. So, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Like, you know, you've got a whole day ahead. So I'm halfway my, well, I'm actually done with my day. Two more hours and I can sign off. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, anyway, guys, I really appreciate you know, you having me on the call, inviting me to talk about the book. Really appreciate that as well. Hey, no problem. Thank you. We're always happy to have you. So thanks for coming back. <laughs> uh, my pleasure. Cheers. Cool. Okay, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud. Alternatively, drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.